What's up there, Bears fans? Welcome back to another episode of The Tailgate Show. It's double A-A-R-O-N-T-O-R on Twitter. We have, as always, Brian B. Diddy Quinn, B. Quinn 34 on Twitter, and, of course, the one, the only, the official Chancellor of Corn, the... Rainbow Unicorn, the man, the myth, the legend, number one in your hearts, number 54 in your scorecards, Jeremy Kramer, AirJer54 on Twitter. What's going on there, guys? Jeez, What's up, man? What an intro. That's I'm right. Done. I'm right. out. That's Peace. Hall of Fame intro, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yes. We don't even, get, we don't even, we don't even kiss, kiss his butt, like guest butts with those kind of intros. You really uh, you really brought the fire there. I'm really pumped up. Let's get into this. He's played all around the league. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Jer's in the clouds. You just went all gray, Jer. Not trying to not trying to steal your thunder though, big boy. How, how was your trip to the uh, Hall of Fame? Dude, it was amazing, and it was not a huge crowd. Planned it out through the week. Should just call it the Bears Hall of Fame because really, that's what it is. It's pretty amazing. If you're a Bears fan, you gotta go. You just gotta go. Warren Moon has the biggest hands I've ever seen on a human being. That's all I'm gonna say. Pause. He is he has big hands. You, you know he's the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, was he there? They have a they have a display. It's where it shows how they grip they grip a football. Mm-hmm. And I've got pretty decent sized hands. I'm not I'm not a small man by any means. But his hands are literally like an inch and a half longer. His fingers is just like, good God, man. Like Jordan Love hands? It's, it's ridiculous, bro. He can reach out and touch somebody. Oh. Warren Moon was that dude. He was that dude. Hall of Fame was beautiful, though. Haywood Jeff Fires. Yeah, so tell us about it, man. You you, you roll up to the scene. What's Okay, I roll up in the scene in the bear wagon. I walk in, and it's literally there's not many people there, which was beautiful with all the things going on. I had to wear a mask. They didn't require it, but they, you know, I called ahead to make sure what the, requir- what the requirements were, this and that. <clears throat> and I wear a mask because it's what I do. Um, walk in, the first thing you see is uh, all the rookie cards on display of all of the players that are in the Hall of Fame. And they're all graded out as you walk through. So, you know, I'm taking, I took, I'm telling you, I think I took probably 200 pictures. (laughs) I I had a blast, dude. It was great. You know, we walked through, um, there's something about walking through that building kind of unsuspectingly and going around a corner and you see all the NFL busts and it just, it hits you. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something about that. It's, it's pretty, pretty magical, I would say. Um, yeah, they had all the Bears busts at the Bears 100 thing, but it was kind of like did. Oh, it was kind of weird because it was just like in this big sort of hangar like room, and they were all sort of lined up, and it was cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was cool, but it didn't feel like super special just because like you know it didn't have the like dramatic lighting like when you're in you know the Hall of Fame and no, you walk around as you're walking through all the exhibits, you you can do a lot of interactive. 
with the touch screens and things like that, you can learn about the 46 defense. And if you don't already know about it, really, I mean, I don't, you're probably not paying attention to anything we're saying, <laughs> but you know, there, there's a lot of interaction between like, uh, they give you a stylus instead of, uh, using your hands. They, it's like, good idea. So you can go through and you can, so many of these damn museums, so many of these museums where you put, you have to put your hands all over things. I've always been skeeved out by that. Oh, well it's, it's the Purell hall of fame right there. (laughs) That's what it was. It was a Purell hall of fame. But as you're walking through, there's a ton of exhibits, a lot of homage paid to the teams that you don't hear about. You don't realize how big of a role Ohio played in the NFL. How many teams that you've never heard of were a huge part of how the NFL got its start? Oh, yeah. Didn't it start at like a car car lot or something in Ohio? Like the owners had a meeting at someone's like dealership or something? There's there's some reference to that kind of thing, but uh, it was just amazing all the names that were forgotten. Like uh, there was a team that changed their name to their top free agent signing, which we're going to talk about free agents today. So I mean, that's they why changed, it's in Ohio, right? That that team was actually in. I mean, the Hall of Fame. Usually, like the city it's in is kind of where they stake their claim to the start of it all. Well, Ohio, Ohio plays such a massive part in anything that we as fans of any football team enjoy. So I would strongly recommend, you know, trying to study up on that and look into it because it was pretty awesome. And then, like I said, we had the interactive exhibits. You had a uh, (laughs) – one of the exhibits was – you can see how big your arm was compared to certain players that they had casted casted up. There are some dudes out there that are just monsters. <laughs> and then uh, there's another one where it's kind of like a cutout where you can see how you lined up against some of the bigger defensive linemen as far as height and you know the lower leg strength, lower leg size. It was that was pretty cool. But I'm telling you, when you walked in and I saw Walter Payton, I ain't even going to lie, I choked up. That's as close as I'll ever get to that, man. That's as close as I'll ever get to seeing him. And there was something powerful about that. You know? I wish his bust looked more like him, though. I know. I'd be honest, like, it does not look like him. (laughs) No, they... Like, they did a... I don't know what they chose. They chose him with, like... Uh, like a haircut that you really never saw him with and a weird, I don't know, his mustache is like a little too prominent. And like, it's it's a shame because, you know, come but on. But also like, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame on the lower level, you have the Black College Hall of Fame. That's cool. So you can also tour that, which was really cool. It's where uh, Walter Shoes' his Pumas are down there. Nice. That's really awesome. I mean, they were still had. They still have a lot of their exhibit from 2018 up. Mm-hmm. So there was some feel goods there, you know. And of course, I had to hear the double doink again. Why? It's to, oh, it's part of it. They have this thing. It's called Road to the Super Bowl. Oh, why? So you go in. It's a theater. It's a theater, and uh-huh. you're spaced out. Well, now naturally you're spaced out six feet apart. You know the whole thing. They tell you before is like keep your hands and feet 
down on the floor and you're because this is a moving thing. So what happens is you go through the regular season, you're sitting there, then as you get into the playoffs, the uh, the theater actually spins. Okay. It moves and it turns you in. You're at the Super Bowl. Okay. And you get a you get to hear all like the in in house announcing, a lot of stuff that you don't hear like you probably would have seen it on NFL Films by now, but the way the surround sound worked, it was it was really awesome. Mm-hmm. So that that's one of the highlights, and there's a lot, man. I, the field next to it, you can actually play on. You could actually go into the stadium for the Hall. That's where they stadium. play the Hall of Fame game, right? Yes, this is where they play the Hall of Fame game. Right. Imagine trying to park there during that. I would imagine it's close to murder. <laughs> must have like a remote lot or something where you have like shovels or something. Like I'm that. Say they'd have to bust some people in, but I mean, I don't think that stadium, that stadium's not that big, right? It holds maybe thirty thousand or something. If that, uh-huh. I don't even think it that. But it, it's cool, you know. It's just just to kind of be where to know that Walter Payton stood here, Gail Sayers stood here and did his acceptance speech. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Ditka, Buckus, mm-hmm. you name, just keep going and go. Erlocker, you know, just a, a, there's an amazing feeling to know that you stood where greatness stood, and and you got to stand there before Mitch will one day. Wow. All right, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> episode of Dale wow. Dale Gates. Oh, it's one thing to say that, but who would actually, would anybody actually tweet something like that? I mean, that would be just joking around. Somebody actually oh. tweeted that shit. Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> tweeted, somebody tweeted it. Said, in 15 years, we'll be watching the Mitchell Trubisky Hall of Fame press conference, and he's going to say, I had to ask Chase Daniel what the nickel defense was, and ESPN is going to retweet with a comment that says, didn't know defenses, still made the Hall of Fame, book it. This was in a response to a a tweet about Favre talking about didn't know what uh, nickel defense was. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so. Anyway, well, that's awesome, man. That's exciting. Yeah, I wasn't trying to ruin it. There's a lot of homage paid to the 85 team, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Is there a Bears quarterback wing? No. Oh. There's not. If it is, it's probably in Saskatchewan or something. The, <laughs> the outhouse. Right. But, yeah, there's a lot of homage paid to 85. You got to see the fridge's ring is in there. That man has the biggest finger ever. The, the law, it's a size 23 ring finger. Some of his like fingers and Warren Moon's hand length were. That dude has some straight bratwurst's fingers, so it doesn't surprise me. Oh man, got hot links. He got game. He got Louisiana hot links his hands. Yeah, Shout out man. to William Perry. If you get a chance, if you've if you've seen the Bears bus at the Bears 100, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but there's something about going to Canton and being there. There really is, and it's it's a yeah, good to go. It's a good five hours. I think it's been I five tried hours. it. I, Try to buy tickets to to Erlacher's and Shryman, but they sold out in like ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like oh, so they didn't have Timbo's up yet. It's not done, obviously, since 
They they had the uh, placard, the bus stands up, but they did not have the placards in. So got you. Yeah, they're not doing an, uh, a ceremony this year. That's they, crazy. Yeah. You think about some of those guys that aren't as well known. They may have been waited, and they've got to wait longer. That's that's kind of that kind of sucks for them. Right, the veterans committee guys or whatever. Yep. Back to the trivia question that Brian asked. On September 17, 1920, a group of men gathered in Canton, Ohio, at the Hupmobile showroom of Ralph Hay, owner of the hometown Bulldogs. The result of the meeting was the birth of the National Football League, first known as the American Professional Association and later renamed the NFL in 1922. The league's first president was Jim Thorpe. Without a doubt, the most famous athlete of his time, Thorpe held ad, helped add credibility to the sport. While not front-page news, in 1920, the league's formation was the start of a journey that has made the NFL this country's favorite sport. Jim Thorpe is has the biggest statue in the whole place. So it's right at the it's center of the like Jim, Thorpe got his, Jim Thorpe got his medals taken away after the games and had to like petition to get them back. That doesn't sound wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, that's I highly awesome, recommend man. it. Oh, yeah. If you get a chance, if you got time with your buddies and can schedule it right, go do it. Without you, doubt. Uh, I saw you ate that uh, that, that weird-ass chili. How was that chili? Oh, uh, Skyline? Five-way Skyline Chili or whatever. Five-way Skyline Chili. You get it all five ways. The best ways. way I could explain it is spaghetti Hot. with mock turtle soup and beans and cheese. <laughs> it looks That's how I would explain it. If you've ever had any of that. It just looks like a hot damn mess. It was good. Yeah, right. I mean, good, I'm but probably fine. But it's like, not something I'm going to be like, oh, I must go. And, right. You know. So, it's, uh, it's not like Garrett's popcorn, then. No. Man, I miss that stuff right now, too. That cheddar caramel joint. It's the business. Anyway. The business. So, yeah, that's... Bucket of that right now, probably lay some candles, dim the lights a little bit. Yeah. Get, get yourself all stained orange. <laughs> <laughs> Rub it with that good orange grease. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. That's how you do it when you get the Garrett's. That's, what's up. That's cool, though, Jared. I definitely want to get out there one day. I, I, you should, man. It, it really is a good time. And the people there couldn't be any nicer. They, The way that they presented everything and allowed me to just kind of go at my own pace and it, it was well worth it. <clears throat> That's awesome, man. I, well, thanks for sharing that with us, and everybody can see the pictures. Uh, I retweeted all of them. You can see them on Jared's Twitter, and um, I think he put some on Facebook as well. If you guys are yes. on that uh, book of faces. Um, so that's cool, man. That's awesome. I'm also just excited for you that you got away and got to get out of Dodge and uh, get your mind off of being on the front line. So that, that was is, that was worth its weight in gold. Yeah. That so Monday night, I got, uh, the pony got loose. <laughs> that's 
That's that's I mean that's what's up. That's that's I mean we all need that, right? You know, yeah. gotta get away. Even you know, I haven't worked in months, but I I, I feel like I would love to get away, change your uh, change your outlook a little bit. Um, so speaking of outlook, we did put a little uh, poll out on ye old Twitter machine uh, from the tailgate show Twitter handle, um, and so I asked myself. It, or I asked our, our loyal fans, and some nice people retweeted it for us. You own the Bears. If the 2020 team has a losing record, what do you do? And the options were fire Nagy, keep Pace, fire Pace, but keep Nagy, fire both Pace and Nagy, or keep Pace and Nagy. So we got 737 votes. Nice turnout. And what do you think the winner winner was? You may already know this, but pretend you don't. Uh, What did I vote? Yeah. The first one's what I voted. I voted fire, pace, and keep nagging. Okay. That's what I voted, too. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, although I will put this caveat on it that I need to see the offense do something this year. If if they were to have a losing record and the offense looked like trash, I would definitely switch my vote to fire both. Now, I absolutely don't think that's what's going to happen. I, I have I have a hard time seeing the McCaskies pay people to not be here in this economic climate. Like, let's be honest. That's 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 the reality of it. But the the fans of the show, our followers on Twitter and other Bears fans voted, and the winning selection was Keep Pace and Nagy, 34%. Ooh, interesting. Right. So a lot of people, I think, maybe... You think that plays think, with the Rona? You, we uh, talked about the Rona buying them. Tends to, I think it definitely could be a built-in excuse, um, depending on how that goes. I mean... Number one, I do think they're going to both have their jobs next year. I think almost whatever happens, unless there's like an embarrassing, horrible, like meltdown, the locker room, you know, like it has to be a real situation. Like I don't see them losing their jobs. It's so hard to predict right now. Mark Tressman-esque meltdown? Yes. Like, yes. And that type of thing. So I don't think that's going to happen, but – I think the coronavirus and all the uh, variables and everything protect them because, number one, you don't want to spend money to fire people, cost money to fire people. And then number two, I mean, they just have the built-in excuses. So if there's a bunch of players that miss time because of COVID, if things are weird, if it's stop and start, you know, blah, blah, blah. Let's say, you know, you lose one of the quarterbacks. Um, I mean, I mean, you you know – it, it, there's some built-in excuses. That's what I'm saying. So hopefully we have a season, man. Hmm? So hopefully we have a season. What was second on that? Second was fire them both at 28%. So not that far behind. No. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of Bears fans that definitely uh, have a have seen enough of pace for sure. And are probably in the same mindset of if Nagy can't get one of these quarterbacks to at least make this offense respectable, then, I mean, he really hasn't delivered on the promise that he was hired under. I mean, you know, they didn't necessarily hire him because he's Captain BU, Captain, you know, leader, this, that. They hired him because he's supposed to be an offensive genius. 
And so far, I don't care who the quarterback is, his offenses haven't produced. Um, so that was the second one. And I have to think that that's what people are thinking. And then right behind it, at 27%, is fire, pace, keep nagging. Which is our camp. Yeah, um, I think a lot of we've joked about for a while that, you know, Nagy's like secretly grooming Lewis Riddick to take over, um, you know, different stuff like that. So, you know, that, that as much as that's just a joke, you could see that. Um, Pace has certainly has also had, you know, uh, he had 2015, 16, you know, 17. Right. Like, this is where the, our argue, my argument comes in. You Mitch. You can't miss on not just Mitch. Not just Mitch. You can't oh. miss on White. You can't miss Wait. on Floyd. Absolutely. All his first round picks are bust right now, and I'm sorry the book is still out on Roquan. And, no, and, it's not. Huh? No, it's not, man. His fault was. He has to. If he has a bad season this year, bad pick. Period. I I tend to agree because of the way I I agree with Aaron because of the way he kind of bolted last year with his little whatever. That you look at look at the production. He did bolt, but his numbers were still really good. So Perkowski. How much of an impact player is he, though? It's an it's a number eight overall pick. He's not as good as Darius Leonard. I mean, he's he's not as good as some of the other linebackers in his draft class. So I have to look at that. Unless he becomes an impact player and has a has a has, an, has a Pro Bowl level, and then not necessarily get to the Pro Bowl, but I need to him to have a Pro Bowl level season this year for me to buy mark that down as a check in the plus category for pace in first round picks. Uh, we we looking up stats inc it looks like the no, two picks moving. And the stats I mean the stats, <laughs> stats, stats little linebackers can be misleading. Oh and that goes across the board. All I mean, the way to the Hall of Fame. Sure, a lot of people believe that. Uh, I mean, I think he's certainly much more of an impact player than all that, but there's a lot of people that believe that Erlacher's stats were padded because of the way the defense was and everything kind of funneled right towards him, and he could just sit back and eat up tackles, you know. Uh, He was a Hall of Fame player. I'm just being a sarcastic asshole. But but there are people who think that say that you know what I mean there's actually there's actually stupid people that think that they should have drafted Sebastian Janikowski you know believe it or not so for every for every ridiculous take there's some asshole that has it out in the NFL Bears universe and they live by it and they even when they're wrong with it they just keep beating it to a pulp oh yeah just 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 going out there like look at this look at my fucking Shine up, shine up a turd, yeah. Yeah, it's like... And then try to get people to pay to see more turd. Yes. Hmm. Come over here. Look here. <laughs> Want to see the rest? Fucking... <laughs> anyway, the last <laughs> choice was fire Nagy and keep pace. I mean... How could that be? If Pace is, if Nagy is so bad that you were thinking about firing him, how could Pace possibly keep his job? Is there any way? 
Pace that would be a, yet another mark against Pace, so I would say that would have to be a. There's just no way that scenario plays out that you that you fire Nagy and not Pace. Now I have said this before that I think Pace has been trying to distance himself from Nagy a little bit and kind of let everybody know, like, hey, hey, these are his guys. You know what I mean? Like we, I we changed the whole damn coaching staff for you now. Um, so. Yep. Shut up, and you know, and I, you know, you hear Pace say, "Oh, he doesn't have uh, any influence on who starts or who's cut, or you know, perhaps he has influence on who's cut." But he's been trying to downplay that a little bit. You don't he in in the limited times you've heard him talk, you haven't heard as much of this. Well, uh, you know, uh, Nagy and I are in lockstep with one another. We're really fired up, you know, all that bullshit. So he might try to. But, I, you know, what, I mean, what about this scenario where you get rid of Nagy because the offense is just a tire fire? Maybe maybe something goes down and there's a little, you know, kind of locker room dust up between the offense and the defense, whatever. It's because the offense sucks and the defense doesn't. Like, there's always the Bears situation. So then they say, let's, let's promote Pagano, right? You know, that, mm-hmm. you see that scenario playing out? No. Um, if fuck if that man, was to fuck. if it was ever to get that dark. He's <laughs> <laughs> thrown down the headphones. He's done. Pagano. Pagano. <laughs> we'll talk about Pagano. <laughs> I would say that if it ever got that dark, he could take the interim tag. Yes. I mean, number one, they would not hire, they would not fire him in season. That's something the Bears have like never done. Well, go Brian. If we get to that point, man, I'll break my fucking TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's dark days. If we get to that oh, point, interim head coach, like. Ugh. I'm just saying, like you, you know, to play, uh, you know, uh, let's say Joe Matola advocate here super negative fan of all time. We have a coaching staff that's populated with people from the unemployment line. I mean, that's how you, yeah, you have to be available to get hired. Right. But we're not making the hot sought after hires. We're, we're, we're getting the retreads who have worked in the system hires. Like, you know, uh, usually that hot hire is going to be uh, nowadays. Those young guys are, are head coaching candidates. I know, but the football was a hot hire. Then he went to Minnesota, and Kirk Cousins didn't work out with him. Then he went to Jacksonville, and we saw what happened there. I mean, he's a little luster is off of him. Laser, I mean, you know, he's had moments, but he's been on. He's been in charge of bad teams. He was like selling, wasn't he selling hot dogs for freaking Penn State or something? Yeah, it was like an offensive. Careful. He was like offensive assistant, just like a volunteer position, because he was probably still getting paid for getting fired. Now it's not his fault he was fired when Marvin Lewis retired, and then he went down to, to uh, Miami, and then the coach got fired there. So <clears throat> that's not necessarily his fault. But just saying, like all these guys were. Uh, so it's not like this, you know, this like crack staff of. Look yeah, at the, when shit gets real, you got to break the lasers out. Yeah. Like <laughs> furry with lasers on their heads, just 
know, flexing his ball sack. Yeah. So I hope. I mean, I don't know. I brought that up just to see what people thought, but God forbid that should happen. I mean, but the- my liver can't take this plus quarantine plus. <laughs> I mean, we gotta. You know, I mean, everybody just complains about Madden, blah, 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 but we got a 72 and a 71 at quarterback, and Mitch gets <laughs> gets gets the nod for what? Like, for, for I don't know, for being younger, <laughs> like, and a little more durable, I suppose. What, like, what did they, what, what did they rate Cam? The scrambling now? I don't even know. Um, That's going to be. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's just going to. We've already had one headset. We got Bridgewater. I know. These are my bows, too. What was I thinking? (laughs) Uh, That just pissed me off. But, I mean, I'll look it up at some other point, but, like. I'd love to see where Bridgewater and Newton, and that's just like. You've got to be in the 80s, I would say. We brought in a quarterback competition. They're like 72 for the. That's a competition. 72 man. for Mitch. Competition. <laughs> That's some backup ratings. Cam Newton. Backup ratings, I tell you. Here it is. Cam Newton is an 84. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> He's one below Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> wow. Man. Uh, they gave Todd Gurley the top running back ranking at 97. Anyway, I don't give a shit about Matt. Well, if, he, if, he, if he's healthy, man. You sure you're looking at this year's, though? Yeah, Madden. Or is it, is it, is it Madden 21 or Madden 20? Not be 21. Oh, maybe I was looking at last year's. Yeah, because I got to say, I, I mean, Henry would be the number one. Rated guy. It's Madden. It's not real. Yeah, I, I stopped caring after last the whole last season thing. Everybody was freaking out about the ratings. Like, who gives a shit? They were right. Yeah. Got yeah. all fired up about it, and they were right. Yep. Anyway, so... I just think we have two backups. I mean, and as much as I'd like to, as much as I'd like to try to tell myself something that isn't that, I mean, that's just the reality. I mean, you look at, so, you know, Bill Barnwell is a noted Bears hater. He's got a lot of Bears Twitter blocked, you know, ESPN reporter, and he put out a thing talking about how, you know, the Bears have the 28th ranked skill position roster and I wanted to get all fired up but then I'm sitting there looking at him like eh. I mean he might be off by a little bit he's not off by that much I mean who can you really hang your hat on besides A-Rob and to some degree Alan Anthony Miller who you know sure put on some tight pants and went out there and made a made everybody made everybody get a real big boner on about Mitch throwing him the ball and making him like make one handed catches and fucking practice. And stretch out really far to get a yeah. That's, yeah, recovery. exactly. He's gotta like he's gotta like stretch and, you know break your his top, surgery. Your top rated running back is Christian McCaffrey. Right. I was looking at last year. Anyway, 
Deshaun Watson is an 86, and he's like the sixth highest ranked quarterback. Ouch. Anyway, fucking whatever, man. What? <laughs> what about that DVOA, though? Was it DVOA, the football outsiders? They analyzed the quarterback. Yeah, it's just like negative 11% or something. Like, well, they, they said the, the names that were brought up with Trubisky were Christian Ponder, Josh Freeman, Marcus Mariota, and Blake Bortles. Similar DVOA. Yo, the, yo, I mean, we got, I mean, we got served, like, I would never do it because fuck those guys, but, like, I, I, we really should, as Bears fans, go and, like, apologize to all those people who told us that Mitch Trubisky was portals, <laughs> and we were like, no, he's not, you don't understand, he's the best, did you see the Tampa game, oh, my God, we fucking look like a bunch of chumps. Oh, uh, national <laughs> media, they, like, you hit on everything. Yeah, I know, which is kind of scary to me because a lot of bear, a lot of national media is is calling for the Bears to suck this season. You they know. don't understand. They don't. They hate Chicago. They don't know about our heart. They don't know where the players are. They're gonna prove everybody wrong. They're gonna be them. Club dub. I will say, though, what was it, uh, Damian Thompson, man, talking about, oh, it's the receivers? I'm like, dude, do you watch any of the Bears? Like, it was just bad. It was bad. Talking about A-Rob has to step up. and greatest running backs to ever play. He is not great at what he does in the analyst chair. mm -mm. Not at all. Like it is, it is a struggle. Like, like Rank was trying to be nice. He was just like this again. <laughs> like struggle. <laughs> <laughs> like, and Al Robinson was actually pretty diplomatic. They asked him about it, you know, and he's like, and on Twitter he said, "Must be a slow news day." Quote tweeted the thing, but but he was all diplomatic. And he's like, "Well, you know, that's a pin. That's it. I got to work, you know, to make people think differently if that's the way they think." And yada yada yada. But it was like. Come on, LT. Like, you just clearly don't watch the Bears. Like, if you're going to call Allen Robinson inconsistent, I mean, please. Like, that dude should be in the Hall of Fame for having the career that he's had with Bortles and Mitch throwing him the fucking ball. I mean, that's like, he should get extra money just for that. How many years do you think they took off of his career? Uh, at least two. I mean, the the injury wasn't, you know, the injury was kind of fluky, so I'm not going to blame Bortles for the ACL. I, you but, just wonder about that. Well, it wasn't I mean, like what we did to Jordan Howard when he was here or anything. Yeah, or or Taylor Gabriel. I mean, Taylor Gabriel's literally not signed right now because of because Mitch <laughs> <laughs> set him up to get his clock. Yes. I mean, that guy, how many times did he have to dive and, like, get a practice get a concussion diving to get a ball or, you know, get rocked? I mean, that he sucks, was, man, because he really did put it all on the line. You know what I mean? When he was out there. Like, I would still. I like the guy. I mean, the guy's still a free agent. If they could bring him back for, for reasonable, I would think that would be great. Like,. I'm yep. telling you, because I was looking at, like, I was looking at, you know, what the 
what the personnel groupings are and people, everybody's talking about how they think the bears are going to run so much 12 personnel and have two tight ends. But I don't really like, number one, I don't think the I don't think the roster matches that. And I've been thinking uh, that the, I think they could You'll see some of it. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you're going to, I mean, I don't know. Like I just see, like, if you look at the, the, the model would be the Eagles 12 personnel, which has Jeffrey and Goddard, Jer's favorite player. Um, so they're thinking uh, Graham, Graham and Komet a lot out there. That's, that's right. The so you process. basically have you would basically have Alan Robinson on the left. What was that? Huh? Did he mention Notre Dame? Oh, a little mini dome. Uh, it's 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 a quick polish. It's yeah, a little quick polish. Well, Saw him on Meet the Rookies. Uh, oh man. Can we play that now? Wait. <laughs> So then you have Goddard, and this would be probably Graham. And on the right-hand side, you have Ertz, and that would probably be Komet or perhaps Demetrius Harris because he's the inline. Um, and then on the on the on the other wide receiver, I mean, who do you think it would be? It would be probably Ginn. Or that's the problem is that the, in the twelve personnel, where is Miller? Miller's going to be out there at the. At, see, that's what I'm saying is that I think it's much more likely to be. The Saints 22 personnel, which is where you can have either a second running back in the backfield, but it's one tight end, uh, a Z, and then so an inline tight end, a Z, you could have a tight end in the backfield with the running back, and then you have a slot, and it's a much more tight personnel. Which is really nice that they drafted Komet because he can play multiple. Wherever you need to line that kid up, you can line him up. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, theory. I mean, I think he's more <laughs> an inline guy, though, don't you think? Yeah. Where do you, where do you, how do you want tight end put up? That's all I'm saying. Hey, I mean, if somebody, if somebody's there to throw him the ball, I'm sure he's going to catch it. But uh, every time I saw him catch the ball at Notre Dame, he was wide the fuck open. So mm, there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what that they play? Yeah, we can go back and watch the Georgia game they, again. They play, really he's, watch he's, it. I don't think you want to watch it. I watched it. I'm just saying he's got a lot of tools. I just don't think that this year, and I wouldn't expect him to like blow up. Like now, he's got a legit tool bag, not like some edge setter, like right. half a tool bag. Right, like a like one magnet screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> Flathead for some damn reason. Why does it make flathead screws and flathead screwdrivers? Like, what is the point? I feel like the Phillips head is. I don't know, but furry, like that video you're talking about, he kind of looked like a tool bag when he was doing that workout video. I mean, dude, there's no, unless you're like a hot chick with, with yoga pants on, there's no workout video that is not tooly. Like, like straight up. Like you, like I'm a fat guy, so fuck off while you work out, people. If you think if you're offended by this, but like you look like a tool in your workout video. Sorry, like I might be like, I was gonna Damn, mine tomorrow. I shred it up, you know, like whatever. But there's no way for you to not look like a damn tool in your workout video, especially if you're if you're out there throwing the ball to some guy in like you know little girls white tights. Getting all excited. <laughs> I'll see you won't retweet me from the show if I post my workout video tomorrow. 
It was gonna be your sandwich to mouth curls. No, I was I, I was gonna put it in work tomorrow. It's not. Yeah, you gonna hit the hit the Peloton. It's leg day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, son. Yo, what you know about this leg day, son? So the best thing about chicken legs, since we're talking about leg day. Oh no, is that a different leg day? Oh no, I'm dipping saucy gun on them legs. <laughs> Mild sauce. Not, not ranch. Honey mustard, lemon pepper, awesome pepper. <laughs> I like that, that, that sweet baby Ray special sauce. Yeah, buddy. Sweet oh. baby Ray is good, but I always add to it. I always add a little. No, they got that like onion ring dipping sauce now, though. That like pink sauce. Oh. Mm. But, yeah, I ain't buying that. I, I like the blooming onion sauce, basically. I like the regular sweet baby raisin, then I tweak yeah. it. I throw a little, Shit. little bit of apple cider vinegar in there, a little mustard, a little hot sauce. Yeah, boy. Get it, get it kicked up a notch, cause it, it's too sweet. Like it's, it's molassesy and it's good. It's got a good base, but it's not a, it's not a, okay. it's not finished sauce in my opinion. Sriracha mayonnaise is fine too. Just mix that up together. He just did he just sriracha mayonnaise and Gardettos or Gardettos? Oh, <laughs> <Garrett's> hey. <pop. laughs> hey, that sriracha mayonnaise, man. That's at Jordan's restaurant here. It's good stuff. All right. Mm, <laughs> spicy. Hey, hey, it's a tailgate. We can talk about food. Shit. That's right. We can talk about we can talk about the corn. It's How about high high in July? It is it is above eye high, and it is looking good for our corn farmers in America. Hopefully the weather holds out and they can get it out on time this year. Looks like it's going to be a pretty good harvest. That has been your Indiana Corn Report from yes, sir. Sir Jared Eric Craver, brought to you by the Santa Claus Indiana Chapter of 4-H. I've been buying corn at the local farm here already. Oh, it's good corn. too. Uh, you, can get corn. you can get corn year round. It comes from Florida and the, yeah, and good the sweet corn. Yeah. No, it grows too. Huh? It grows in all, it, corn grows in every state. Yeah. yeah, it grows here, man. She. You get some New York corn, I feel you. Yeah, you right can. Uh, Just sweat up the husk, throw them on the grill. It's funny is that all the Illinois corn is for is for corn syrup and feed. Yeah, that's what a lot of ours uh, is. And ethanol. That's that's what most of it's for. You know, uh, a lot of the eating corn comes from uh, Michigan and Indiana, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's go. Corn Report, Bob, <laughs> if you will. Well, welcome to Quarantine. Stick around, yeah. Corn, the Corn Team, the Corn Team. <laughs> so what do you guys, what do you guys, me, me. Do you guys have? Who? Top five free agents. We got to do a little. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Dylon. 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 Row the boat. Row the boat. Give them a run. Give them a run. Bears. Free. 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 Agent. 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 Signing, signings of all, 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 all,
I was up first last time. It's Brian's turn. Brian's up first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number five, Julius Peppers. Mm. Good one. Number four for me. Well, why, why, about, why peppers? Why peppers? Yeah. Come on. He you was kind of, Well, I think back then, looking back as a fan, like, he Maybe felt. Part of a three, that was a three-player free agent time. It was him, oh, Chester oh, Taylor. Chester Taylor. And Brandon the... Manu Mali Yuna. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but Pe- Pepper's kind of like you remember the reports. Nielsen, Manu, Manila, Malo, 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 Malo. <laughs> well, you remember hearing hearing the reports where like Lovey was there as soon as the the clock struck midnight. Like he was down there ready to talk to Pep. Like it was mm-hmm. a big deal. He, they brought him in, and he felt like that that Reggie White type addition, where the uh, a defensive player this good can really turn things around. And we kind I kind of felt similar when we got Mac. Do you know what I mean? Like you had that feel. And part of this, uh, uh, as your fandom, is like how hyped you get. Like, mm-hmm. you, the Cutler hype was real, too, but I didn't put him be- just because of the how it turned out. I didn't put him there. But Pep, you just felt like, oh, we, we might be going back to a Super Bowl here. You know what I mean? When, when he stepped in the building. And he did. I mean, we got close. He did change. He was a dom- very dominant when he got here. You know what I mean? That. He did change things, because similar to when Mac first stepped in, it's just like, okay, we got we got a dog here. Like you felt that with Pat. But uh, the I should probably put this guy higher in my in my book. But um, Thomas Jones, man, I have him at four. Same team. Love TJ. Yep, just workhorse. Always brought it. I, I just the kid kind of turned his career around here. You know what I mean? He didn't live up to expectations before he got here, and he's a high draft pick. They were not on the same teams. Huh? Peppers and Peppers and No, they weren't. You're right. Thomas Jones were not on the same team. You're correct. My bad. I didn't say they were. No, I did. Oh, my bad. Okay, I was. My bad. Okay, I was actually. No, no problem, man. I put uh, three Akeem Hicks. Um, Mm -hmm. I gotta give Pace credit on that. Like this dude. Came, the came problem with this is we're all going to have the same list because there's really not very many good free no. signings. No, I'm well, the, there are. There, there's there, more I'll, than I'll we're going, I'm just kidding. Oh, like, I, didn't put, I didn't put I didn't put A Rob on there yet because it's still just like it. I, I guess he could be on there, but like if you put him on your top five, why wouldn't Brandon Marshall be there? It'd be kind of hard to which one cracks because I think they, but they both put up pretty. Good numbers here. Anyway, uh, second for me, Gary Fensick. I mean, oh. just be- because of the impact he had. And number one is Steve McMichael. Um, so th- those are my top five. Yep. That's a good call out. I like that. I like the McMichael. I'll, I'll throw some other names out there because I had McMichael one because he, he was just an animal. Mm-hmm. Thomas Jones also. John Tate, solidified yeah. at our tackle position, yeah. really played well. Um, part of that 06 team on the offensive line with him and was it Ruben Brown as the guard? Mm-hmm. So also a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was. So that that those two really really panned out well enough to get us to where we needed to go. Tim Jennings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm gonna throw Cutler in there. Took us to the NFC Championship game. I agree. Cutler is technically a trade, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, pissing on my parade, man. Hey, Sorry, hey, man. Um, Sorry, I hate to call you out. But... That's all right. Call me out. That's what I, I'm not an expert. <laughs> no, don't. I'm in Cutler territory and didn't even know. I, I knew that. I was just stupid. Uh, I would say that the extension I would not mark down as like a great uh, net net. The cutler extension is probably. I mean, I don't know how at that point you really just let him walk. But didn't really. No. Another guy you think about is R.W. McQuarters. Also played that corner position for us. Played really well. Yep. Well, since I mean I, I agree with you know all the guys you said, but I will I'll throw out some more that I think are worth noting. Dane Trevathan. Um, yeah, Dtrev. I think I think has been very solid. Uh, Ted Washington. Oh yeah. Him and Big Daddy Keith Trailer. Yeah. Ted Washington really didn't play much, but he had a he had a big season from no one. Um, so you know it was just it was just the uh, it was just the one season because he got hurt. Um, but I thought I thought that was a pretty big signing, and he he, he came in and played well. But then he got hurt. That was only like mm-hmm. a, a two year deal. Um, I always liked Matt Slauson. I yep. thought that was a that was really solid. Um, I mean, I think my number one is is definitely Akeem. Um, but Peppers. I mean, it's hard to argue against Peppers. Um, you know, as far as like the the team, the team has. Oh, I have a guy too. I just thought of him. Yeah, go ahead. From Indiana, Adewale Ogunleye. Mmm, strong. I like that. He had a great couple of years with us. Actually produced instead of like some other college guys. He had a little bit of fall, <laughs> but it was definitely a good signing. Like my, coming out of Miami, like Miami years were. Pretty damn impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's been, and not only that, but he's been just a great member of the alumni of the Bears, mm-hmm. which I mean, obviously doesn't count in terms of this type of criteria, but he's just been such a great ambassador guy to have in the organization. You know, um, you know, just a just a stand-up dude. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think that's cool. But the team has their top ten as number ten, Allen Robinson. Number nine, Ted Washington. Number eight, Danny Trevathan. Number seven, Eric Kramer. Um, I could get behind that. I can get behind that. Five seasons, 94 to 98, 10,582 yards, 63 touchdowns, 45 interceptions, 80.7 passer rating, holds a single season record for most passing yards in a season with 3,838 and 29 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be – Eric Kramer is by far the number one quarterback signing. Um, that's a signing. Yes. I mean, uh, Martellus Bennett, which is funny that they have him up. It's number six. Uh, yeah. Um, I about Marty Sars. Yeah. I mean, Marty, Ruben Brown, number five. Akeem Hicks, number four. Thomas Jones, number three. Oh, look, they remembered him. Um, about time. Tim Jennings, number two. And Julius Peppers, number one. So, but I mean, I think overall, as far as pace goes, I mean, it's by far a key. Team. It's not even close. And then probably Trevathan. I think Dan, I think Danny's overhyped in that a little bit. He's been hurt, you know. Play a full season. 
as quarterback look. I mean, the history is is rough. You know, you got guys like that go way back that are up there in the record books for them. It's it's tough to get that going when you have, when you haven't had a great history of quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You don't see. I mean, like Curtis Conway, if we had a top quarterback back then. Yeah. I mean, you look Mar- at Marcus Robinson with a top quarterback. Right. Like you don't see, there's not a lot of organizations that have Hall of Fame wide receivers that didn't have good quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's like Jerry Rice benefited heavily from having, you know, having uh, Steve Young and Joe Montana throwing to him. You know yes. what I mean? Like it, it's, uh, you know, it like uh, one guy I'll give credit is like Herman Moore. Yeah. The old Lions receiver. Like, he was a beast no matter who was throwing him the ball. <laughs> but there's some guys that can they can get it. But, like, most of the time you have a pretty damn good quarterback supporting you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's funny you brought up that um, the Peppers thing. I thought there was – somebody had put up on Twitter a good question, which was what was the worst football game you ever attended? Um, and and a guy had uh, some Panthers uh, site had put up the game in which the uh, the Bears beat the Panthers despite the fact that Todd Collins had like the like one of the worst statistical games ever by a quarterback. But there was a play where Peppers bats the ball up in the air and then intercepts it. Um, and so Jeff Schwartz, who's a former Panthers lineman, who's pretty active on Twitter, uh, football Twitter, you know, put a thing out there saying, like, all week we talked about don't throw to Pepper's side. Like, whatever you do, do not throw to Pepper's side because that's the one thing that Pepper's did that I don't know if he ever got enough credit for is that dude was so big and he would get his hands up and bat down so many balls, pause, and – so, you know, you just didn't you didn't want to throw to his side, which is not something that because a lot of times you say that's where you throw. That's how you neutralize a pass rusher, roll away or throw to the side that he comes, you know, uh, you know, run a hot. Uh, he, he played yeah. basketball in college, man. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's obviously NFL gold. But uh, <laughs> I'm just saying as far as blocking, like he's a beast. So so, you know, Joe Schwartz is saying like this is the worst. Um, because, you know, this is exactly what we said we weren't going to do, and then we do it, and, of course, he bats it, like, 20 feet in the air, and then it just comes down to him, you know, looking around. And, and, and it wasn't just, like, UNC for basketball. That That's to be able to just play on that team. He was no <laughs> He was a good yeah. basketball player, like, and like a really good basketball player. Like, you yeah. Know. So, yeah, I mean, what, an insane athlete. Like, I wish we right. had to go either. It's not like some Division two dude just like, yeah, at whatever. Right. Well, I, you know, typical Bears fan fashion. Like, well, you just played ball. Come on. <laughs> you, you expect these guys to just, just go full bore every single time, down by however many points. I mean – Props to Peppers for still trying in that game when Todd Collins, like, put on a goddamn clinic of ineptitude, you know. Uh, it's just how many Bears games have there been where it's it's we look at it as, like, an all-time great game when 75% of it was garbage. And what then, was that one? <laughs> there you go, Jer's choice. My choice was the Kansas City comeback. 
Yeah. That game, you want to watch a game of ineptitude. The offense sucked. The defense kept us in it by forcing field goals and then eventually blocking a field goal, and that's when the game kind of changed in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, Jay shows up, and somehow we escape with a 15-14 win, which is just, I think it was 15-14. I don't know. Right, well, that was Nothing Jay really accurate Jay tonight. My accuracy is all kinds of fucked. Jay off his back foot to Forte in the back of the end zone. We got a, they got a safety on Jay that game. It was like, ugh. It's a ton experience. <laughs> like, <laughs> he will make you cheer twice and spit blood twice. Like, every game. Like, people don't remember. No, they didn't want no part of that. So that was that 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 had a great ending, and you you've talked about being at that game a few times, but is that that was also a painful game, right? I mean, oh, the first three quarters was brutal, man. Just hearing it from all around you, because I was like, I'm 17 rows up in the end zone, and I'm surrounded by Chiefs fans, and Chiefs fans are pretty cool, but man, I heard it for three quarters, and it was like, fuck, this is so bad. The team doesn't look like shit. I mean, they, they don't look like they got anything in them. Defense has kept us in it, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, who's this Marquise Wilson guy? Thought maybe, you know, thought maybe he was going to be something. Yep. We go down. He had a great game that game. Jay had no receivers. Marquise Wilson was the number three, and he was the number one in that game. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. And then Forte scores, and... It's a big middle finger to the Kansas City fans. and we, I had It got to, quiet, right? Oh, it got real quiet. <laughs> that place is easily the loudest place I've ever been in my life. I mean, I left there with a full-blown migraine. But I left with a happy migraine because we got to shove it up the Chiefs' ass. <laughs> what about you, Ray? Super pause. Um, <laughs> well, <clears throat> mine was... I don't even remember what year it was, to be honest, but probably I was like 11 or 12, I want to say. And the guy that my mom was dating was like trying to be buddy-buddy with me and like, you know, be like mom's boyfriend of the year, which was cool. And he was like, we'll drive from Albuquerque to Phoenix and go see a football game. This is when the Cardinals were playing in Sun Devil Stadium. So... At the time, I was into the Giants. And he took you to Sun Devil Stadium? Yes. So he didn't us, love you. No. It's a horrible <laughs> stadium. Goodness gracious. I will say, however, that being on the campus of ASU, Tempe, good Lord, even at age 12, I was like, oh, hello. It's like literally that campus is full of hot chicks. Full of hot chicks. Even at 12, I was like, what the, what the? So it was Cardinals Giants. I don't even remember who won the game. They used to play the Cardinals every year. Cause back then the Giants and the Cardinals were in the same division as stupid mm-hmm. as that was. <clears throat> I don't remember what happened, but at one point during the game, it was hot as hell. We were in the upper deck. The stadium couldn't have been half full. Can't see anything. At one point, people start throwing the commemorative cups that (laughs) that they gave them or you got with a soda. So 
at one point we were getting pelted with cups because the section we were in was like decided, oh, we're going to start throwing cups at each other. So we got like soda on us, hit with cups. I was like, this, it was, uh, I mean, that was easily the worst. And then probably after that, I would have to say it was the game one of last season. Oh. Realizing that Mitch Trubisky was a fraud after the first half, <laughs> after all that lead up. <laughs> that would, <laughs> that one right there, that one would have stung. But yeah, Brian, it's your turn. My, my your, worst experience, worst, like worst live game. Yeah. Uh, probably the 18 game against the Giants. Like we lost to the fucking Giants that year, and I had I had to meet a bunch of assholes. And I'm going into that game high too, because it was the freaking Giants, man. Like, no, nah, you figured, don't that, that's just because he was high. No, nah, but just like <laughs> that, that should have been like back then the talent levels on that on those two teams. It should have been a scrimmage. Even we chase a quarterback, and Chase opens up and just throws an interception, and we're sitting here like, oh yeah, it was raining a miracle too, right? comeback. The Giants were garbage that year, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it was just That's like the game oh, that Amos we... got hurdled, wasn't it? Oh, and, and OBJ threw a six-yard yeah. touchdown. Yes, OBJ got hurdled. Us. OBJ threw a sixty-yard flea flicker. Landed like, the fridge and. Yo, like, everybody we thought was going to play, like, trash against us had their greatest game of all time. That's the way that works as a Bears fan, by the way. Yeah. Like, we were like, oh, their secondary is terrible. Their secondary looked great. But I got to meet the Mots guy, so that was cool. Right. That's dope. That was cool. Shout out to Scar. Yeah, and Bart. And and his man cave of wonders. Yeah. My wife and I had a good time, though. I always enjoyed going to games with her. Going to the city the night before, which is cool, but right. the game experience, I was just pissed, man. It was just like, why? I can't believe we're losing this fucking we're, team right now. Like my in my game, it was the three quarters that led up to it. You know, it's like it was just brutal football to watch. I mean, at least your game was entertaining. <laughs> you mm-hmm. had things it's like there was not much entertainment going on in that. I mean, you had Cohen throw the touchdown to. Oh, to tie it and just to right. piss it away. Well, and then the one I went to in Buffalo back when Bledsoe was a quarterback, Miller was our quarterback, and we lost to them in overtime. That sucked. Yeah, Jim Miller. There's a there's a name for you, Bears fans. Uh, Bledsoe threw a touchdown to win the game against us. That that was fun. That's been a, there's been a couple, but the Giants wanted to, just the, how we were doing that year and coming off. I just had gone to the Buffalo game prior to that, and we right. destroyed Buffalo. So I was like, if right. we destroyed Buffalo like that, we're gonna beat the shit out of New York too. No. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I mean, the game that prior to that, the- I saw at Giants Stadium. It was Cutler's last game, and Alshon was out for freaking PEDs. I had my Alshon jersey on. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. Nope. Tough. Yeah, man. Welcome to Bears there's, been a, there's, there's been a couple. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have your Sam Hurd one on? No, but I saw Cuddy's last game as a bear. I saw him come out and whoop the ass of the Vikings on. That was a beautiful Halloween. That was a beautiful Halloween. 
He hit Alshon Jeffrey in the back of the head with a football, though. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quarterbacks, too. It's like, who was that dude from freaking Ohio State? Because Rex was hurt. Fucking Krenzel. Oh, Rex was hurt, and Krenzel was playing against the Giants. I caught that one. But, yeah, I've, I've seen some uh, some great quarterback play. Trying to market on bum-ass cornerbacks, bro. Like... <laughs> Oh God, no! I, I, oh, it's tough stuff out there. It's tough. It's a hard knock life. No, nah, we love our bears, so man. Yeah, always. Absolutely. We wouldn't Jack, have it either way. Jack Silverstein put up a thread of all his favorite Chicago sports memories, and he, the one game that I had forgotten about was he put up. Um, <clears throat> The highlights of the Raiders Bears game where Cordell uh, Cordell kind of tore it up. Oh yeah. 2003, and the um, Paul Edinger they they beat the Bears on a comeback. And the, sorry, they, they they beat the Raiders uh, on a comeback victory, first win at the new Soldier Field. Yes, I forgot I had forgotten about that game. I remember actually being excited when we got Cordell. Slash. Really? Supposed to be that guy. I was excited. Mm. I used to work with a guy who kind of looked like Cordell, and I used to call him Cordell. And he used to be like, oh, I don't look like Cordell. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And (laughs) it was funny because we were working at this steakhouse, in Chicago, and John Daly, not John Daly, um, the the Pistons coach Daly, not Chuck John, Daly. Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly was in there, and uh, Sly, who was the guy that I said looked like Cordell, and I used to call him Cordell. He was bartending, and Chuck fucking Daly told him that he looked like Cordell Stewart, <laughs> and he comes <laughs> over and he's like, "You're never gonna believe what Chuck Daly just told me." And I'm like, "What?" He's like, "He just." He just told me I look like Cordell. Does anybody ever think that? And I'm like, <laughs> I just died. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it was just funny. He used well, to give me all that shit. I remember when Cordell, Rashawn, Salam, and um, Westbrook were on Colorado, and they, they beat Michigan. I believe it was Michigan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 60-yard Hail Mary. Rashawn Salam, I, I was a huge fan of his in college, and then I expected huge things out of him, but, like, that whole team, man, that to have that much talent on that that one team, like it was fun. Well, they were a fun team to watch. Cordell was electric in college, and he and he had some, you know, some electric moments. Was a nasty receiver. Uh, Salam was amazing running back in college. Fumbled but his that way was out. Just, yeah, that that was a fun team though, the Colorado team. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Even when he went to Pittsburgh, he was he was a, a lot of fun to watch. He just I wasn't I wasn't super excited when he got here because I kind of knew it was kind of the downward spiral it's, for him. Same way as a Bears fan, you're just kind of excited about anybody with any kind of notoriety. I mean, you know, coming here. Mm. I don't know. I was like, all right, this could work. I mean, yeah, we did get pretty fired up about Nick Foles. So there's that. <laughs> Did we? Well, that's funny you talk about Foles. So it made me think of the fact that Foles just had a baby. And so today, 
there was this big Twitter happening. All of a sudden, out of the blue, all these players start tweeting, the NFL needs to get the safety protocols together. You know, they haven't planned, blah, 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 blah. And, like, all of a sudden, it's like, so you heard J.J. Watt kind of put out a thing, like, earlier in the week saying, here's what's going on. We haven't agreed. We we talked to Sam Macho. We, we knew that they still had to, to, to negotiate to some degree. Now, it's not really a negotiation because the CBA is a CBA, but the NFLPA had a point, which is that they wanted certain things, and, you know, they've been lobbying for no preseason games or whatever. But you heard all the big players start coming out saying, you know, we want to, you know, we want the NFL to get their, basically get their shit together. And it was hashtag we want to play. So everybody was like, you know, this MLB had a time anywhere, whatever their thing was. And now the NFL is like, oh crap. And it did look like for a minute, oh crap, this is going to be like, you know, like a big movement slash moment where, you know, you're going to see like a, maybe an immediate response, like with the, with the, you know, the quality videos and whatnot. And maybe think of Foles because Russell Wilson said, you know, I just had a baby, blah, blah, blah. I don't feel safe. And you think about Foles, you know, does he feel safe? So it was just, it was interesting. I mean, you know, it's interesting. They, it's the same people that were chirping up about the CBA. Absolutely. And the CBA passed. Right. Well, and that's the thing is that initially, and we were chatting in the DMs, like, you know, um, saying, wow, look at this. You know what I mean? Or at least I was like, damn, they're really I trying to get Facebook. some. I thought it was. Yeah, they're really trying to. And Adam Schefter and all the normal, you know, big, big tweeters got on it and was like, look at this, look at this. Um, but I, I think it never really picked up that much steam, to be honest. I mean, it was really like the big top guys, Mahomes. Uh, Sherman, uh, the usual, you know, the usual top guys. Carson Wentz was in there, Zach Ertz, um, you know, Khalil and Allen Robinson retweeted some people, but they didn't have their own tweets. Uh, oh, he's shining that dome. Um, so, honestly, I thought it was kind of, like, at first I thought it was going to be the big thing, and then by the middle of the day it just seemed like it never really took on that much of a life of its own. And I remembered, you know, I mean, these the rookies aren't even signed. Right. You know, to been, me, this like, shows me the division within that union. That's yeah. I mean, the haves and the have-nots. You can tell that the haves are not concerned about a paycheck, and the have-nots are definitely concerned about a paycheck. Well, I mean, that's what's crazy about the NFL is the disparity between what guys make, and I mean, I think that's the case in a lot of sports, but like, it's just. You know, the defensive ends and the the quarterbacks and the wide receivers are making upwards of $20 million a year. And you got guys making league minimum or a million or two, you know, like, I mean, those guys are sitting there like, whatever, get the fuck out of here. Like, we're playing, dude. Like, you know, they can't afford to sit out. And this is not like baseball where they need the gate so much. I mean, NFL is, is a TV sport. You know, yes. so, but the problem is again, they, they have a pretty weak union. Um, you know, they, they, they really kind of, I, mean, I don't have a whole lot of experience with unions. And if somebody here does, maybe they can speak up about it, but it just seems like, uh, <laughs> it just seems like you, you shouldn't be talking 
You shouldn't be yeah, down on you, those. Go ahead. Yeah. Unions aren't what they what they used to be. There was more they had more support, they had more backing when they first started. They're not what they used to be. I appreciate being in one, but they're not the powerhouse that they used to be. They used to have more political backing. There was just a lot more. They used to have the mob backing too. The mob, the mob backing helped a lot. Well, well okay. <laughs> Washington D.C. is the mob. No. Right. Yeah. Now they are, but I'm saying it was like want. a straight up mob. That was well, a, the current. The current. The current. The current mob isn't very supportive of a union. So let's just put it that way. Right. So I, I think that um, like we're told not even to discuss it with our members when we're in negotiations. Because unless we come to an agreement and then we'll we'll bring that up for a vote, but like to put it out there on social media, yeah, that, that wouldn't go over well in my particular union. So I, I they, they're just a lot more lax with it. I, I don't really know why they want to get the fans stirred up about it because we don't really have a voting say. But it's cool to hear, like to get that inside perspective. And it sucks that they're not not able to come to agreement on both sides. But without like oh, really knowing, they, they did. Are they already the, the, the thing is they have already come up to an agreement, and the NFL knows this. The NFL knows that there will not be a large amount of support if these top fifteen, twenty guys tried to rally like a insurrection or or a, you know some sort of a holdout or something like that. The NFL knows that that wouldn't work, and right, they have they, they have the option. I haven't heard I haven't heard the opt out option. Like if they have that option and you don't feel comfortable, don't play. Well, I think there's an opt opt out option, but you don't get paid. <laughs> That's the option. Right. Okay. But I'm just saying, like football's different. Number one, we expect the football players to be gladiators. We don't even care. Mm-hmm. You know. But if they decide not, that they don't want to play, I don't have a problem with that. But 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 I think it's it's embarrassing on the players' part. Now I believe they have the right to say whatever they want to say. Um, as long as the league doesn't have a problem with it, it doesn't. It isn't seen as, you know, conduct detrimental to the team or the league. They can say whatever they want to say. But what I think is kind of low rent or kind of cheese dick is the way these things play out on Twitter. Like, like, yo, you guys can't outrage together. Like, we and, must stir and, up outrage. Yeah, and it's like really this is how this is how you guys are gonna solve your problems too. Like like how the you know, all these cornball you know, politicians go back and forth and try to, you know, uh, cut each other down on Twitter and, and all this stuff. It's like that's fine for fans and you know, we can shit yeah. at each other, but you would think that professionals and politicians, things like that, would not stoop to this stuff. But I think Honestly, I think they have a communication issue within the NFLPA because, I mean, you have you have a substantial amount of players that did not even vote on the CBA. Mm-hmm. Like, so they got the same problem with their democracy as, as we have with ours, is that people the, – the turnout is incredibly low. You know, people don't even care. So this is how these guys have to get their message across. And Al Robinson tweeted a couple weeks ago, well, I guess we find out everything on Twitter, you know. Um, And that's the case. And it's kind of pathetic. Like, it's like, really? Like, this is really how, you know, like there's leaks that are so close to the league office that the players really find stuff out at the same exact time that we do. It's also, I I can't speak on like NFL insider stuff, but like, my wife being a teacher and, and just hearing what's going on with the school systems right now, 
they they legitimately are like so some of the school systems are just like uh yeah we're doing this and this and this and like the question that i heard brought up is basically like we can have the meetings about what we're going to be how we're going to be handling we can't have them in person talking about how we're going to be handling the school year right you're talking about everybody getting together and going into a building it's right. like you're talking about here in IHSA is actually allowing if you do uh, distance learning, you can still play athletics. Well, the thing is, if you meet certain criteria, there's a school system so, near us that they're going to be basically giving the kids their own devices and and getting them ready for distance learning. They're going to be having, except instead of being at home in their comfortable spot, they're going to have their masks on at their desk, no fans on because they can't spread germs. Like beginning of the school year is hot, man. Yeah. Like they don't have air conditioning in a lot of schools, so they can't run the fans. <laughs> Kids are going to have their masks on, yeah. glasses. So, and, dude, I, so what, what I'm saying is, I'm not trying to get too far into that, but what no. I'm saying is, these companies, nobody, this is like historic shit that, we're, that they're dealing with. So things change every day. I just, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard thing to try to get together. Agreed. I just felt like my hope was that the NFL had a much more comprehensive plan and to hear you know i we or i heard lewis riddick on espn radio talking about how he's talking to sources that he knows that they they're like they don't you know they're waiting to the last possible minute to come up with plans because they just don't know i mean they, they're trying to work on logistics of just feeding people you know um all this different stuff. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's very challenging for them to meet the guidelines. I mean, we've talked we've talked about Harbaugh saying it was like impossible. So, I heard like they have to, they can't take when they're on the road. They have to stay at the hotel. They have to get room service. They can't go Uber. They can't right. like you're basically on lockdown in the hotel. Right. And that's, no roommate. Sounds familiar. Like you're by yourself. Yeah. So I just well, and then that's the thing too is that like if your job can open up. And you don't want to go to work, okay? Then you don't. Then you don't work. Now, in this case of the NFL, you don't lose your job, in theory. But if, like, if if my restaurant opens back up and I don't feel safe to go back, I quit. <laughs> like that's me quitting. Like that's what that is. And I don't. And then and it, it completely changes my unemployment situation. If I ever get that money, thank you, State of Illinois, you fucks. But <laughs> like, you know, my thing is, I'm tired of like we just watch it with the baseball going on. I'm tired of watching these labor <clears throat> things play out in the public. You know, like I don't I don't get off on that drama. Like you know what I mean? No, like it's, I'm exactly. tired. Of, of hearing it, and honestly, like I don't even want to know what these guys fucking make. Why do we know what every single player makes? Why has that become like a, you know a thing that that we're so aware of and so concerned with? And this whole like junior capologist bullshit that goes on. You have like the one camp, and and shout out to the guys that do that, Brad and and all those guys. I'm not trying to shit on the whole thing. It's obviously very important. A team a team hires a straight up like accountant lawyer just to just to deal with all this bullshit. So obviously it's clearly important. 
But you throw you throw a number of dudes at me today. Let's not let's not act like you don't like number. How much is Ryan Pace make? Anybody figure that out? No, nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> you threw me some shit today. Well, in the last twenty years, I've been rough for the Bears. He went three for sixteen out of twenty. Like QBR. It's like, I've I've been here, bro. I know it sucked. <laughs> that's, so that's numbers about the game. Like I don't like. Dude, I mean, I go on the to to these salary cap things, and I'm trying to like do this and that, and see if guys will fit. And I just get so bored. I'm just like, oh. And then you hear people that will preach, preach, preach. Your salary cap is fluid. Like they can do whatever they want, and they, you know, they do. They can do whatever they want. They seem to be able to wave their magic wand and get guys signed. My thing is, it's like I think that the salaries are known nobody, in, in a nobody way. Nobody did it like the Mets though with that Bobby Bonilla deal for like one million for life. He's still getting paid. Yeah, right. but they spread that shit out so much, like. Right. But after, after Mahomes deal's done, Bonilla's still getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the stupidest things about the NFL contract and the NFL contract reporting is stop reporting the potential number. Tell me the guarantee. I don't care. Mahomes is never getting all of that money. He's never getting $500 million from the Chiefs. He's not. He might be the closest to come to that ever. Uh, After that contract, he's still in his mid-30s. Great. He'll be 34. Why wouldn't he see it if he's healthy? I, I don't know. Fun. He falls off. It's it's not. It's 144 million dollars guaranteed. That's what it is. It's not a 500 million dollar contract. Yeah. I just like there's just too much talk about it. And I think it's, to some degree, the NFL puts it out there so that there's this like pressure. This like societal pressure on these guys. Like you're making so much money. Like. Uh, you know, and so every blowhard with a podcast or otherwise can be like, I used to play in college, and you know, and like, it, you know, has like this idea. Even that, there's no stati- there's no stats to support it, but okay. They could coach, they could play. Yeah, apparently that all happened before stats. Um, like, you know, back in the day, <laughs> pre papers, <sighs> but like. I smelled an NFL wide receiver's farts. Oh. And I brought up, yeah, I brought up Tom Cruise, $70 million for Mission Impossible. Does anybody hear about that? I mean, you know, does anybody care about that? Like, why do we have to know what these guys make? We don't know what the general manager makes. We don't know what Ted Phillips makes. We don't know what Virginia makes. We don't know, you know, what some of these guys make. But we, it's, we're checking. it's great publicity for the game of these young guys coming up wanting to play football because there's yeah. a shot of that. I also think it's a way for the the NFL to show, like, look how much we're paying these guys, mm-hmm. you know, and and to you know also to put this pressure on them. But what's happened is you have the quarterbacks making, you know, or the top played paid players are making sometimes 40, almost 50% of the salary cap, you know, that that's out there. And, and it's just like, it's crazy. I mean, I don't even know how a dude who's making like 500,000, $800,000, like hangs out next to Khalil Mack. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's part of, that's part of 
why you have what's going on. It's like these these big na- these big names will get out there and they have a Twitter base and they have right. They have they feel like they have that pool and the, it, the problem is is they don't have the pool within the locker room. I saw Drew Brees put himself out there. I'm like, okay, maybe his rookie cards were something again. He's free. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, relax, bro. Get the thing fixed on your face. Did you do it yet? Lord. Like, relax. <laughs> just, I mean, I, just like I said, I thought the thing was going to be a big thing, and then it kind of petered out. You know, you, you, know what, you know what's a big story right now? The Washington football franchise is a big story right now. Yeah, but it was, I mean, and, and not to downplay the scandal, but we were ready, dude. Like, we were ready for Epstein and, and like, it's going to bring down, like, people. Well, the headlines, like, like, oh, yeah, they were having wild orgies in, like, a hotel. It was like, no, we went out on a boat once, did some, like, and hung out with rich people. I'm like, oh. Well, they had a whole scandal with the cheerleaders that everybody kind of forgot about, that they were running the cheerleaders. It wasn't right. But right. They made it but, seem like there was like a, a sex ring going on. It didn't seem like that. It just seemed like old dirty fucks. The rumors were out of control. Right. Like, it was... It wasn't, it wasn't like the Love Boat Vikings. Yeah, like Dan Snyder's going to bring down everybody attached to Epstein and Maxwell and you know I mean it was it was spinning out of control so what it ended up being which is terrible but not surprising is that basically for the past 14 years or however long Snyder's been there this place has just been in like a cesspool of sexual harassment you know and oh, it's been a I didn't even realize it was a cesspool I know there was some bullshit like having the cheerleaders like not treating them with respect <laughs> 15 women who went on record for who have, who have filed complaints of sexual harassment against against so they fired the voice of the Redskins or he 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 walked away um, they fired like a director of player. I didn't personnel. read much into it either. So yeah, it was it's a big deal. It's it's it. I mean, the organization is it's kind of like you know the Redskins are who we thought they were at the end of the day. Like Daniel Snyder is a piece of shit. He ran a he's running a piece of shit organization from from the football side of things, but all the way back to the back. And you're sitting there going like, fuck, poor Ron Rivera. Just like time, like you you took this job, like you jumped at this job, and and when he took the job, I was like, damn, really, Ron? Like, are you desperate? Like. Like, let's not pretend like the Redskins' job is some plum job. You know, you got a broken leg quarterback and Dwayne Haskins and, like, you know, Terry McLaurin and, like, what? Like, like you know, I didn't know why he jumped at that job. The organization has been a mess. Daniel Snyder can't keep his – Well, evidently he's giving guidance. Well, so that's – I mean, it's a good thing for them that, that Ron's like a great guy and he's, you know, he's taking the lead. But I was listening to, you know, this Washington Post columnist who was basically saying it's ridiculous that Ron Rivera is essentially like running this organization now because Daniel Sanders' reputation is so terrible and Ron is taking the lead on all this stuff and making them look respectable. I mean, as he's even said, like, my daughter works in social media. You can sure as hell, you know, know that I, that's not going to go on anymore. But they got a lot of women that signed NDAs. Like, they paid off a ton of women to shut up already. Mm-hmm. And, and the Post apparently tried to get 
them to, you know, get some of these, get, get their names to be released, and it didn't work out. But this is the 15 women that, you know, uh, went on record. So there's, they've hired somebody to do a full review, and a lot of people were like, oh, Daniel Snyder's done. But his name, he specifically, at least by the women who came out, was not named as the specific. But, you know, it's kind of like when, when your college it's screwed kind of like when that list came out about who flew to the island. Some names that we expected to be on there weren't on there miraculously. It happens. Right. Right, so what it's going to be, I don't know. Is Daniel Snyder going to be forced to sell a team? Probably not, unless something comes out, you know, that's just like another bombshell. Uh, obviously, well, the other owners, the other owners that vote for that to happen, he's going to be like, all right, yeah, do this to me, I'm expose all your asses too. Well, it'll it'll be more like Dan, Donald Sterling when he had to sell the Clippers, but he made a shit ton of money, and and Daniel Snyder will stand to make a shit ton of money too. So it's like you know billionaires, you you don't really get punished, you know, you just get like, oh, well, take your money and go over there now, you know, like so, it, you know. I'm sure I'm sure that some of the stories we'd hear out of these owners though, some of the shit that's going on, like it's it probably yeah, blowing I mean, mind. Like the billionaire football owner fraternity is like some Illuminati shit. Like, you know, like they're not they're not breaking ranks. You break ranks on that, you're gonna find yourself, you know, like being dragged behind a yacht in the West Indies. <laughs> but I mean, like you you you're not, you're not tomorrow. You break ranks on that group of people. You know what I mean? Like that's like it's like oh he died quietly in his home of a brain aneurysm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that all happened, which is pretty wild. I mean, but I just think it was, was not that it was like a letdown, but we were ready for, you know. Cool yeah, I, I hope Ron, I hope Ron turns uh, turns things around for them though, because I mean the fans are caught in the middle of all this, and it, it, I mean think about what are you doing? Are you opening an Office Depot next to your microphone? What the fuck? Yeah, I'm, I'm cleaning shit up. Let me mute my mic. No, but um, <laughs> I, it just it it kind of does suck for the fan base, like the ones that never really thought anything of the name, and, the, and then to find this out. I think it's good they're changing the name. I completely agree with it, but like. It kind of sucks for the fans because they have no control. It's like yeah. it, it's just the team I grew up liking, some of them, legitimately. You know what I mean? And now all this bullshit, it kind of sucks to have to deal with all this. Like, just for sure, a lot of people that like love football, and you got to think about like these owners need to think about this shit. Like, don't don't be crooked, man. You, you're these are the people. We're the people that support the whole thing. Like. Right, but then what happens is these risk guys get, you know, they get layers and layers and layers, and everything's viewed from thirty thousand. They think they're untouchable, right? Yeah, and they and because basically they are. I mean, you know, they don't, they don't care. They they oh, this, feel this came like, out. This came out right after the name change. It came out. They're like, okay, how about this? <laughs> right, like that. But they don't feel like NFL owners don't feel like there's anything that can stop them. Not even COVID. Like they're mm-hmm. they're bulldozing ahead, and I mean they got the if, if the labor agreement hadn't been ratified prior to this, it'd be a whole different story. But I still think you'd have scab players. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if they if the owner, I think the owners would lock them out, 
And like, well, let's take the fans out of the stands. They've done it before. We, we want that. We want that TV money. Right. There's precedent for that. They've done it before. Right. And 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 the end of the day, even though it would suck, we would all watch. <clears throat> yep. Sadly. We would, we would watch. You know, uh, like freaking. I don't even know who would be playing. It'd be like uh, David Fales starting at quarterback for the Bears. <laughs> like, He's probably a 73 rating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I mean. I got my Tyler Gray jersey ready just in case. I appreciate the Bears organization for being relatively embarrassment-free, except for the fact that we haven't won very much. But it's not a it, – it, it's, it's an organization you can feel proud for the most part to support in the sense that it's not, like, scandalous. Sam Hurd. But that's not the organization. That's just a. That's just bad players. I mean, it's not like it's not like the. Yeah, Cowboys Chicago are, has nothing to question. Just, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's all on the up and up. <laughs> no, no, but I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't think that. I mean, you know. I mean, it's not. It's not Notre Dame, obviously. Right. Exactly. It's not Penn State. Cal snap. Definitely not Penn State, but but uh, you know Catholic yep. priests certainly done some Penn State type things. Let's not let's not get twisted. So, don't go don't go. Let's not all fucking start like singing the fight song just yet. There's Notre Dame is not the Vatican. I'm just saying. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Woo. <laughs> <laughs> it must suck to hit the most popular team Time in your terrible. state. Yeah. <laughs> Are they? Well, they were, oh, talk- yeah. we were talking about today, uh, Blank and Abdallah were talking about today, like how they could remake the college season so that, you know, they could play like all these regional games. And they were trying to think of like, who could Notre Dame play in state? And it was like, Purdue, <laughs> Indiana, I guess, Ball State. Ball State? No, no Valpo's not there. No, there's really no. There's only four. Yeah. D1. Uh, there's more. There's better. Uh, well, uh, this is a good question. Basketball-wise, though. Take Notre Dame out of the mix. What's a better football state? Iowa or Indiana? Well, I would probably still say Indiana, but I think it's close. It's close. If you add Notre Dame in. Iowa State turns up every now and then. Iowa, Iowa State. Um, shit. There's, there's a couple other ones, too. Like, like Drexel, I think, is in Iowa. They don't play football though. Do they? they have a football program, just a basketball. I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to really hit the Google machine hard on that one. I didn't, I didn't put a lot of research into that question. So, anyway. well, I get, I'd like to uh, let everybody know that one of our newest uh, Facebook fans, Harley Deville, mm-hmm. has got a little something going on for a super fan on our Facebook page. Okay. Uh, twenty-five dollars spot for twenty spots. She's giving out uh, 
these diamond-studded footballs with your favorite team on them. So it's a fundraiser to get some help out for one of the super fans. So try if you get a chance and you're listening to this, come check it out. On our uh, Facebook on our Facebook page at the tailgate show. And, uh, all the information is right there for you. Nice. That's cool. Help, help your fellow bear fans out. Tough times. A lot of people going through a lot of shit that we're fortunate enough that we're healthy enough. We don't have to go through those. Hey, I watched a baseball game tonight or most of it with the, the old Cubs and White Sox. That was kind of fun. Weird, just triple A empty field. Two two teams I give two flying fucks about. Yeah, it's nice to see triple A baseballs back. Hey, they were it was major (laughs) baseball, you fucking losers. Wrong color socks, though. Huh? Wrong color socks. Yeah, said nobody ever. So, um, (laughs) anyway, it was kind of cool to see live sports with no fans, even though it was with no fans. It was it, it was enjoyable, it was watchable. This baseball. Was there filter sound? So that this is what they added sound. They added sound, and the sound is in the stadium. And the reason they did that is because you don't want to hear the players cussing and saying crap. But then also, which I didn't realize, is that the catcher moving in the box actually would be a giveaway for the for the batter because you know you hear his cleats in the dirt if he's sliding inside or outside. Um. So they need that ambient noise. I, it didn't bother me. It was weird to see the stands empty, but it really didn't bother me. I mean, the game, you know, like, it, it was so ba- watchable. baseball being played, do you think that helps or hurts the NFLPA? Oh, it hurts them. Exactly. Everything, that's why the NFL is not, they're not changing shit. They, they took, a, they gave them the no, the, the skip two preseason because it's pretty much worthless to them anyway, and they may end up giving them the no preseason at all, but that's as far as they're going to go. Everything else is going to be like, nope, sign, show up, or opt out. Like, we're moving on. So, you know. Mm-hmm. It is, but uh, I think that's it. I think we hit it all. That's it. Another episode of D. Tailgate show. The bears. The corn. I knew it. I knew you were going to say the corn. Hi, hi. Bye. Corn Hub. Cornhub.com, baby. Ask somebody. Mm-hmm.